Welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio, a podcast for and about the people of the Nashville restaurant scene. Now here's your host, the CEO of New Light Hospitality Solutions, Brandon Still. Hello, Music City, and welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio. My name is Brandon Still, and I am your host, and welcome to our very first best of episode. Well, we're taking a break from doing live interviews for a couple weeks while we reset, re uh, readjust, and just kind of uh, refresh everything. We're going back over some of the older episodes that we had, and we're just going to kind of, you know, the beginning of this whole thing, my first episode was on March 13th, and I just started talking to people. I just started talking to people who who wanted to talk to me. Honestly, it was a uh, it was an absolutely crazy time. And some of the first people that came up and talked to me uh, was Margot McCormick and Carrie Bringle um, and several others. And we're going to do some some like five minute clips of those interviews. And it kind of takes you back to the very beginning before all this started. And it's going to start off with Margot McCormick talking to us about kind of what this is doing to her. I talked to her on March 17th. And March 17th was uh, St. Patrick's Day. I did an interview with Carrie Bringle. I did an interview with her back-to-back. It's like my second and third interviews I've ever done. So I'm super, super new, super green at this stuff. But the Margot McCormick interview is a moment that I will never, ever forget. Because I'd known Margot and we'd met on multiple occasions, but we'd never had like a long in-depth conversation. I've always been kind of a sales guy. And this was the first time that I really spent like a solid 32 minutes and I got to know her. And I was under this spell. Like I just fell so deeply in love with who she is and everything about her. And it's this clip that I'm about to play where she talks about, just her vulnerability in talking about not knowing what's going to happen. And then her description of the pain that she's feeling uh, is so, it was really a catalyst for so many episodes that I did on this show and the lines of questions that I went through because she so eloquently states just that, you know, the energy that her, her, I talk about your love language, the service of being a love language. She kind of coined that. And uh, this first clip is exactly that. So let's jump right in here with um, Margot McCormick from March 17th, 2020. What are you, what are you going to do? Unfortunately, in the moment, you know, if people want to get paid, they have to claim unemployment. I don't have a pot of money that I can just hand out to my employees, unfortunately. And it makes me so sad because I really pride myself in being able to take care of my employees. And so to not be able to do that all of a sudden is a, is a gut punch. And it's a little bit depressing for me. A restaurant is supposed to be full of people. That's the nature of the beast. And that's what we all love. And so for the restaurant to be empty, it's just also very sad. To see that your livelihood is just like drying up, just like stopping, it's like, wow. Through no fault of anything that we've done, we are a much loved, you know, restaurant. So it's not that anything that we've done and it's just being kind of pulled out from under us. So my employees have to face some tough decisions. It's like, 
flying on a plane and you know you've got to put your oxygen mask on before you help anyone else so I have to get myself right and that's the coalition of chefs it's reaching out to government I'm not sure exactly at this point what can be done the state budget is it's in the works it's going to be finalized probably by June 3rd a lot of the things that we're talking about sales um, tax you know abatement payroll tax things like that are are so woven into like the Department of Labor and the federal government and so it's um it's a lot to unravel or to figure out where to turn so we're trying to get advice on all of those levels about all of those things so calling state government to make sure that we're not left out of the picture because you know those airlines are getting bailed out just like the banks got bailed out just like the auto industry got bailed out but it's like who's going to bail out the little guy you know who's going to bail me out so that i can bail someone else out i can look in your eyes and i can tell that the people that work for you the people that come in here on a daily basis that create this community which is the reason why i wanted to do the podcast was mm-hmm. because this community we need to find a way to connect everybody and gain perspective mm-hmm. and you you can look in your eyes this is not something that you're just like oh well i'm gonna be okay tough no. everybody else i mean the, well, i don't the, know that i'm gonna be okay the pain here is what's what's gonna happen to our community of people and it kind of doesn't matter if i'm gonna be okay if other people aren't gonna be okay exactly and that that's my concern too is that okay we're taking all these precautions and certainly absolutely i don't want anyone to die But if we're all put out of work and we can't feed our families or put a roof over our heads, we might as well be dead. So it's kind of like, what's the difference? Mm. Yeah, it's pretty harsh. It's an interesting take. Uh Well, I'm not the only one that shares that opinion. That's how tenuous our situation is right now. You know, we don't have a lot of the things that corporate America, we can't work from home. You know, I, I'm kind of getting tired of the posts on Facebook of like, oh, look what we're doing. I'm like, oh, how nice of you that you're working from home and you're having a big time. But we're not. We're struggling. We're struggling being at home and because we're supposed to be here. The interaction of people and community is what... It, you said you got the bug. You said, I got the bug working with Jody Faison. Uh-huh. And it is a bug. It is. I've worked... I, I can't do anything different. I'm trying my hand at podcasting, but I, I'm not getting out of the restaurant business. I'm still talking to people in the restaurant business. Well, it's a community of and people. And I think the whole idea of social distancing is really also very scary. I mean, I'm not usually a conspiracy theorist or someone who uh, has cynicism, but I'm like, it, it would seem at this time that you'd want to come together and not grow apart and I do feel a little weird about this whole thing this social distancing and it's a time when we need each other the most and we have to stay away from each other you know I think it was Sartre who said hell is other people well I would counter with hell is nobody you know hell is not having anyone else around it's kind of a it's kind of a six of one half dozen of another well I don't even it's tough to even think about that I mean because I've you're presenting things to me that since I'm not actively in a restaurant and I'm kind of 
you said everything changes as the minute and you're making me think like wow that's, that's there's a lot of people out there who need that interaction mm-hmm. forget well, money but like that's like part the of their life's lives blood. you know it's what gives me energy is to feed people and nourish people and nurture people every night and when you have a full dining room of people the energy gives back to me I'm giving all this love and this creativity and this food but it's coming back to me and so when we don't have that that synchronicity you know it's it's, it's a void the restaurant is supposed to be alive it's supposed to and not you know it's creepy it is creepy so what's next what are you going to do during if they if they say because i anticipate mm-hmm. in the next couple days right what are they going to say no more they're going to say, you well, can't we, even, you have to do to-go and delivery only, no, I imagine. That. We're doing that now. This is our last night of seated reservations. Um, moving forward, it will all be to-go, carry-out, whatever. And then we've got a friend in, in uh, Seattle who thinks that by the weekend, the restaurant business will just be shut down altogether, that you won't be able to do anything. So I don't know if that's true or not. That's her thought. They're a couple weeks, you know, ahead of us. I know that, you know, restaurants in New York are closed. Restaurants in San Francisco, I think, are closed. So it's probably only a matter of time that we're buying ourselves and just kind of serving what we have. And then we'll probably have to close our doors. And that'll be a very scary moment, be a very sad moment. And then... You know, there will be a lot of restaurants here that will not open back up. And little did I know that uh, Marche would be one of those restaurants that didn't open back up. Um, I look forward to hopefully having another conversation with Margot in the near future when we come back. But on to our next interview. Mr. Kerry Bringle uh, joined me the same day as Margot, and we talked about a lot of things again This was my first really big interview that I had done with a really big chef. And we got to a point where we had to ask the inevitable question. I said, hey, let's talk about, I was really afraid to talk about what's happening in COVID-19 because I didn't, I don't know, I was new at this, didn't know what to do. And I came out there and said, let's talk about it. I said, what do you anticipate happening? And I think one of my favorite lines that Carrie Bringle said is, John Cooper is doing a good job. I don't know if you'll hear Carrie Bringle say that. Uh, That's how early on this interview was done. So sit back and listen to just some of the the wonder of us trying to figure out what's about to happen to us. I think we have to talk about the inevitable. I think the inevitable that I think that I saw in Eater Nashville that we're effed was a was a was an actual like uh, headline today the restaurant yeah. industry yeah. and what we're going through is unprecedented and I don't think anybody knows what to do I think I've been talking about it with a bunch of people as to what they are doing and I think there's initial stages of we're going to clean everything we're going to do all of that because that's our responsibility and we have this social responsibility to do all of these things but here we are um, St. Patrick's Day which is a day uh, bars you, should be full. You said it's my birthday. Yeah, and everybody parties on my birthday. Everybody parties <laughs> on your birthday, but today they'll no, be doing it at home. They're doing it at <laughs> home today, so the everything has changed. Like the entire landscape has changed. What are your thoughts? What's what's going through your head right now? 
you know, it, it's there's certainly worry and and the unknown, and and so um, there's a lot going through my head. What do I do? What what can I do for my team to make sure that they're protected? You know, how can we make sure that we survive through this and that our business continues to survive and that we keep our good people? Um, it's tough, and and everybody in our industry is worried. If they're not, they should be. Um, we are. We feel like we're in pretty good shape, and like we can weather this storm, and that we'll get through it and be okay. There's a lot of people in this industry that don't feel that way. That that feel like just what you said. We're effed. You know, this is this could be the nail in our coffin. Um, there's a lot of competition in Nashville. There's been a flood of new restaurants. Some people have exorbitant rents with the with the way that real estate has gone here in town, and some people had exorbitant build-outs, so they've got a lot of debt on top of rents. And, um, you know, servicing that debt and trying to keep employees and trying to keep them paid and make sure that they don't uh, resent you after this because they had to get laid off, it's, it, those are all valid concerns from everybody in this industry. Nobody knows what's going to happen. It's not... Um, you know, this is unprecedented. I just had my mother and uh, stepfather and my father-in-law and his wife um, and mother-in-law in uh, just a few minutes ago. And, you know, they're both, you know, my, my, uh, my stepfather is uh, 80. And, you know, he, they, they haven't, this is unprecedented. They really haven't seen anything like this uh, maybe the closest would have been the Asian flu in 19, I think, 58. Uh, but we haven't seen this type of shutdowns, and it's just it's unprecedented since probably World War II. Uh, and, and so it's got everybody very concerned and scared. What is your plan? Do you have a plan right now? I think that the overall consensus, if you ask anybody who's been game planning, I think that this thing really Thursday afternoon when everything closed last week we all kind of went okay here we go this is coming this is real and we are all in for it let's start planning i think everybody started ramping up on to go materials yeah. and yeah. figuring out and talking to their employees identifying so this is something that where who are the people that get to work right now because with this few guests coming in you can't you can't staff the whole restaurant as if you're going to have a line out the door no, we sent, you know, we, we asked people who wanted to go today, and we sent three people home. We probably could have sent more home. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll probably make some hard decisions by the end of the day in, in what we plan to do or how we plan to respond to this. Um, John Cooper is, is doing a, a good job, I think. But he first came out with a statement that said that they suggested that bars close, and of course, there was a lot of blowback on that, as there should have been. You can't suggest something. You either need to take a definitive action or you don't. You know, and, and so that would be like me saying to my employees, I suggest you come in, but I don't, you know. And so it, it's, um, and, and the, the, the thing is that nobody knows what to do. You know, it'll be interesting to see what happens. We're seeing whole states shut down the restaurant and bar industry, like Illinois, like Kentucky. Uh, and so that's unprecedented. And some of them are saying they're gonna shut for two weeks, and some of them have said they're shutting for two months. And so a two-week shutdown, that's livable for most people. And I almost feel like 
if you did a two-week shutdown, um, you know, right now, maybe nationwide, then you've got a little more grip on it. Uh, but all the states doing different things and, and, and nobody really uh, doing it together uh, makes it a little more difficult. Um, I do think that our national administration is doing a good job. I probably have a lot of people in this industry that will disagree with me, but that's my opinion. I think that they have taken unprecedented steps in a situation that is unprecedented, uh, and they're doing the right thing, and I think they're taking the appropriate measures, and I don't think that they waited too long to do it. Um, when we look at things like the H1N1, there was nowhere near this type of response to it, and nowhere near as quick of action on a national level. And so, um, that whether you like this administration or not, the actions that I see them taking are the appropriate ones, and I think they did it at an appropriate time frame. So there you go, Kerry Bringle, kind of just talking about what he thought was going to be happening. Uh, you get to hear him say he thought John Cooper was doing a great job. And, uh, you know, one of the things that people do on the show is they, everybody has an opinion. We've got an opinion uh, on politics and what our leadership should be doing and shouldn't be doing. And I, for the most part, just kind of nod and smile. And I continue, I just, I just kind of want people to be able to have a voice on the show. And I try not to inject my uh, political beliefs too much. And I know that there are times where it bleeds over. That's part of it. But um, I really kind of want to be the, the guy that is open to hearing all sides. Obviously, if there's something that's blatant, we're, we're going we're, we're gonna to stop it in his tracks. Um, but this next person was one of the most amazing people, I think, in uh, our business right now. And her name is Claire Crowell. And Claire is the COO of A. Marshall Hospitality and co-owner of Hattie Jane's Creamery. And when this whole thing went down, we've been closed for a little bit, and I got an email sent to me that was kind of a, a Google document that had a bunch, a bunch of stuff on it, just a bunch of, hey, there was probably 40 restaurant owners on this this email list, and it said, these are all of the things that are available to us right now. Please, if you know of anything, share it, share it, share it. And... I got this and I just thought, wow, we got to get this information out to people as fast as we can. So I called Claire and I said, hey, will you come on the show and will you tell just everything we can? And the clip I'm going to play right now is after she talks for about seven minutes about every single program that she could possibly find um, and the care in this woman to do this proactively, just to figure out, to be the leader, to lead all these other restaurateurs to find all of the different programs to help her people really shows uh, who she is. And it's just, she's just such an amazing person. And she, so she comes on the show, she spends seven minutes explaining all of these things. And you hear me say, wow, that's a lot like, oh my gosh. And then I ask her about Tennessee Action for Hospitality. She talks about it. And that's what this clip is right here. But you can just tell in her voice that She's nervous. She's scared. She's a business owner. And this is the beginning of this thing. And it's really, I don't know, I think it's just its just really appropriate for the time to just listen to this and feel where we were. And um, this has just been a scary, scary time for everybody. So um, let's jump in with Claire Crowell. 
from March 19th, 2020. Wow. Well, that is a lot of really good information. It's not enough, but uh, we're trying to get it out there. As, as, as it comes available, we're continuing to get it out as fast as possible. I'm going to create a thread at Nashville Restaurant Radio on my Facebook page. If you have information that you'd like to add to this, if you know of anything, please feel free to comment and let everybody else out there know. Um, something that I think we've been seeing all over just, just kind of hit yesterday that's a big deal. Um, I met with Margot on Tuesday, Margot McCormick on Tuesday, and she mentioned that a bunch of restaurant owners and chefs had gotten together and created Tennessee Action for Hospitality. What do you know about that? Yeah, so it's it's starting to get passed around. I think I've gotten it sent to me uh, by several people in the business via Instagram and um, text. But basically, it's a coalition of um, um, chefs and uh, restaurant leaders, and it's a simple web page. You go to tnactionforhospitality.com, and it's a it's a, just a form making it easy for us to email uh, and send um, basically a plea to um, our representatives. It goes to a long list. Governor Bill Lee, Senator Lamar Alexander, uh, Senator Marshall Blackburn, David Rowe, Tim Burchett, uh, Charles Fleischman, Scott, Scott Dagerley, Jim Cooper, John Rose, Mark Green, David uh, Gustav, and Steve Cohen um, over in West Tennessee. So that hits most of anybody that's going to hear this, your representatives. Um, so if you... Um, it, the more they hear from us, the more the more powerful we are. Um, basically, what it's stating is, hey, restaurants are always the first to give. Um, who, uh, when the silent auctions, we get asked for gift cards all the time. We say yes. When disaster strikes, we show up with food. We're constantly donating to charities, um, and our employee base is one of the. We're as an industry, the hospitality industry is one of the biggest employers in, in Tennessee. So. Our people need assistance, and the businesses are going to need a lot of help getting back up and running. Um, so we're uh, putting in that, that plea, um, and there's a pre-filled letter, letter, so it's super, super easy. You just got to put your name, your address. You can put in your business address if you prefer that email. And then there's a little form where you can write a personal statement about your story or how it's impacting you directly. Um, so it's, I personally think that this is um, really important, not just for owners, and leaders, but to share with your staffs as well, and more people to hear from, um, the better, for sure. Um, specific things, if you're going, okay, sure, that's great. Some specific things that we're asking for um, is obviously um, some additional funds beyond unemployment to go to employees. Uh, we're also um, asking them to relax uh, on the business ownership side, um, franchise and excise taxes, um, at penalties for sales tax payments um, and just uh, you know, basically relaxing uh, penalties for bill payments, mortgages, rents, those types of things um, as much as possible and then um, and then basically injecting some funds to get us back up and running, um, relaxing some of the barriers to getting the small business association loans um, and pushing insurance to cover this so right now they're not they're not uh, considering this pandemic a cause for loss of business, which is mind blowing. Yeah. Um, as 
because most of the city is shut down and certainly most of the bars and restaurants and all uh, anything hospitality related have been severely impacted. Uh, I spoke with my insurance yesterday on this and they're just based our carry or uh, our uh, provider is pushing the carrier but and, you know it's one of those catch-22s that they're safely saying until the government tells us that you're mandated to shut down we're not going to cover it which is one wrong and two it just puts us in a really tough position so that's something we're also pushing the government to to lean on the insurance companies to do and let's take a quick break to tell you a little bit about trust 20. reopening your restaurant comes with great responsibility are you doing everything you can to keep your staff and guests safe with trust 20 certification you and your guests can feel confident you're doing everything you can to keep everyone safe Trust 20 is home to the new standard of restaurant safety and consumer comfort. By becoming a Trust 20 certified restaurant, diners will know the practices you follow to create a safe and healthy environment. Have confidence you're going above and beyond minimal requirements. Have comfort knowing your practices have been independently verified. To learn more, visit trust20.co. That's trust, the number 20.co. Trust 20 restaurants have access to a suite of resources that include expert-led training in four key areas individual consultants, communication material and signage, and tell them you heard about them on Nashville Restaurant Radio. Trust 20, partnering with you to keep everyone safe. We want to take just one more moment and talk to you about foeandbow.com. It's the new way to hire and be hired in Nashville, Tennessee. They're a locally owned and operated platform which you can go online and create a profile if you'd like to find your dream job. And if you're looking for people who want to find their dream job, you can do the exact same thing as a restaurant owner right now. F-O-H and B-O-H dot com. All right, so our final segment on this first best of show is a fun one for me. So we've talked about, we've talked with Margot, Carrie Bringle, Claire Crowell, and this next guest is Monty Crawford. Monty Crawford is the COO of the Southern Region for What Chefs Want, formerly known as Creation Gardens. So as I'm trying to identify who to interview, we're going through all this insanity. One of the people I really want to talk to was these purveyors. And I used to work for Creation Garden, so I knew Monty gave him a call. And he tells us the story of what they did in the aftermath of the tornado, uh, with Cisco being down, Choice Foods getting hurt, um, how they reached out, what their response was, how they were trying to bridge their community and then we talk about how they pivoted and they they made a controversial decision kind of towards the beginning of the pandemic to um, to put a lot of their restaurants on COD. And I don't think it was communicated very well. So Monty took this opportunity to kind of jump in and explain a little bit about what they were doing. And it's just a microcosm for exactly what's going on. Um, nobody knows what they're doing. I mean, this I love this episode because this particular episode with Monty, but all this best of stuff, because it just goes back to so much uncertainty. And if you're out there and you still feel uncertain and you're scared, you can hear it in people's voices. Just nobody knows what to do. And we all will get through this. We will get through this together. We will make it happen. So I appreciate you joining me today for this best of episode. We're going to do a few more of these. We're going to walk through this journey that's been the first six months of Nashville Restaurant Radio over the next couple of weeks. We will have a live roundup next or this Thursday at 3.30 on our Facebook page as well as our YouTube channel. 
please go and subscribe to all of these things. Find us on Instagram. And um, I'm not going to have an outro at the end of this. So Monty Crawford is going to take us out. And we pick up right after he's explaining to me that they have a preparedness plan. And all these companies have a preparedness plan. And I say, what about Cisco? They're a big company. They had a plan. What'd you guys do? From March 26th, 2020. You know, so the president of our company immediately sent him a letter. I hear you guys are down. First of all, you know, we're sorry. What can we do to help? If we can deliver your products with your invoices and help you get through these times, that's what we want to do. Wow. And Ron sent that letter out that morning. We that... sent it out to Choice Foods as well. The same thing. We knew they'd been hit. Hey, guys, we'll, we'll go back to being fierce competitors when, when, when we get to the other side of this. But we want to be a part of anything we can do to help you. We've got trucks that we can send over to you. We know you probably don't, but we, we'll, we'll come get the product. What can we do to help you? And, and obviously that, you know, he, he, he had a good heart. He meant well with it, but, you know, news say they didn't they didn't take our, take our offer up. And so they immediately started trying to get food in from other areas. And um, that was, was really difficult on them, and, uh, as it would be for anybody. And so our business, all of a sudden, we went from, you know, having a good month, there was a lot going on. The SEC tournament was a week away at that time. Nashville's always got something going on, and we literally tripled in numbers. Wow. Selling out of stuff, ordering large quantities. I mean, it was crazy. And, and so, you know, we had to hire, uh, bring in help from Louisville to just to try to, to handle the, to, the volume. volume was freaking phenomenal. And then also trying to reach out and help people. You know, that's the thing. You, you're sitting here and you're trying to take care of business, but you're bleeding because you're hearing all the stories and you're seeing all the things. And so we started trying to send out products. You know, we're getting phone calls. Hey, we're cooking for first time responders. So we do all the things that we do as people and helping. And it was um, it was quite the, the, the ride. Didn't have any idea that the good Lord was preparing us all for another storm coming <laughs> a, a week to 10 days later. And, uh, but it was a different kind of storm because it wasn't a storm where we had so much business we didn't know what to do with. That's, that's such an amazing story, Monty. And it doesn't surprise me one bit that Ron would send that message over to, to Troy and Cisco. And I know Troy's a, a good friend. He's a super good guy. But that's just one of those things that it's nice to hear that he did that. And I would expect nothing less from him. You guys jumping in, you're absolutely slammed. Three times the business, SEC tournament, and then Thursday, I want to say it's like March the 13th, maybe it was. I forget the ex- uh, exact well, day. Well, close, uh, you know, which was just two weeks ago. Seems like a lifetime ago now. Yeah. Yeah, they shut everything down. MLB, NHL, NBA, they closed. No March Madness. That all happened on a Thursday. What yeah. What does your life look like since then? Everything was so bam, bam, bam. And, and so it, it really started Wednesday night. Ron's... And Molly's middle son plays for University of Georgia's basketball team. So we went to the ball game that night. That Georgia had a really, you know, not a very good season, and so they were playing into the the early game Wednesday night. And before halftime, they announced that there's not going to be any fans at the game tomorrow. So all of a sudden, you go, "Wow, this," you know, and you could feel it. You know, if you think about it, the, the prior couple of weeks, you're starting to hear things. Really, if you look back, there was, you know, the president immediately. We had one person flying from China sometime in January, and he said, no more people from China coming in the country. Everybody's like, whoa, you know, 
regardless of what political aisle you're on, everybody kind of that raised everybody's attention. She started, you were, you were following it now. From that day forward, you're starting to follow it. So leading up to that Wednesday, you know, you could feel things kind of bubbling up. What's, where's this thing going to go? And then it really started changing, literally by the hour. And by Wednesday night, you know, we're, we're not going, you know, only immediate family and friends or, or immediate families going to the ball tournament Thursday. Uh, Thursday morning, you know, we'd already made plans to meet down for lunch. We were being a, uh, and for those of you who don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm family. I've been married to Ron's sister for 35 years, soon to be 36. You don't kick me out between now and then with us all being locked up in the house. <laughs> you know, that time. But then it really started changing, Brandon. We, you know, obviously they canceled the tournament. And so we're all just kind of sitting around like the rest of you, you know, rest of us. We're watching things develop over the next 24, 48, 72 hours. By Sunday, it was getting real. Matter of fact, it was real. Oh, yeah. We got a call from one of our big suppliers, Dot, who we kind of compete with the Cisco's by Dot. And Dot says, hey, we're concerned about your your customer base uh, being able to pay you. And, and, and although you've been a A1 supplier, uh, paying your bills on time for up 10 years now and done in Bradstreet. We pay our bills every 15 days. Unfortunately, we, we're concerned about you getting paid. we got to put you on COD. Now, I can assure you, time we woke up Monday morning, 8 o'clock in our executive meeting, Zoom meeting, the emotions were high. We realized that there was, this storm was coming and, and, and there was no way to stop it. And our world changed that morning. Uh, as we all, all of our worlds did in this industry, and, and really the whole country, you're starting to see other industries be affected by it. shutdowns. People didn't laid off, but my goodness, the poor old restaurant industry and the event industry just got slammed right out of the gate. The next thing you know, one of our big meat suppliers, same concern, and rightfully so. You know, we couldn't. We'd had a long time relationship with them, been doing business, great partnership. But they were concerned, just like then all of a sudden we had to get concerned. So, you know, unfortunately, we we had to make the decision. Okay, um, how are we gonna how are we gonna keep this thing afloat? So, Brandon, we started laying people off that day, and, and, and when I say we we started realizing we were gonna have to, and and started getting our hands around who and how many, and you know, by Wednesday we'd laid off around 500 people of last week, and. Wow. Um, and we had to put our customers on COD, and that's a difficult conversation. You know, it's only that's one of the things that you and I, as salespeople, never want to have to have is, "Hey, chef, I need some money. Or I might have to quit shipping to you." Yeah. And, and when you have to have that conversation with your partners, they have always paid you well. They've done their part. If it was thirty days, it was thirty days, and you go back to who we were from day one. My goodness, and it, just like all of us in this industry. Uh, you put our people on 30-day terms. Lord, we all know some of them go to 45 and 60, and we all hang in there together and carry those those balances. That's what we do. We feel comfortable, and, you know, and sometimes it doesn't work out. Sometimes, we, you know, people uh, uh, don't make it. And, and and some of them hurt worse than the others, but we still feel like we did the th- same, you know, the, the right thing by trying to help people, you know, put them on a payment plan. Hey, just pay us $500 on the old and keep us current, you know, and, uh, on the uh, on, on what you're buying now, so that was kind of our philosophy uh, that we felt like that. Hey, we got to keep money going in. We did a terrible job, quite frankly, on the delivery of it. If I would have, we were all so emotionally in the air that we 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 told our 
people that work for us, right, call the customer and say, hey, listen, we're not asking you to pay monies that are passed, that you owe us now, the balance. We just need you to help us keep this thing going, this cash flow. And if you would be so kind to pay us the, the, the monies or the groceries you buy today, just pay for those. And, and we'll see you on the other side on the balance as well. You and I, because we're in sales, we can have that conversation in a humble way and make people feel, you know, understand where we're coming from. I like to think so. I mean, it's not, it's never an well, easy conversation. It's, it's, it doesn't mean, may mean it's easy, but you and I have, when you're a salesman, you can, you, you have the ability to have people skills and know how to say things in the right way. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, the proper way would be say, hey, chef, I need your help. But we had a lot of people in our company that doesn't have that skill set, and they would just say, hey, listen, this is so-and-so with the company. Uh, you know, I, I need, I want to let you know we're going to have to start going COD. And, well, before they could ever explain why to get to any other part of the conversation, and because everybody's emotions were high, they just heard the word COD. Looking back on it, we should have come out with a script and a, the the proper way that people like you and I that are that you know deal with people daily. I, I don't want to say our people were doing that, but they just didn't know how to, to to understand the impact that we were causing our customer base. And so it's been some you know it's been some tough days, but I think most of our our owner operators and people understand the predicament, and they, if they listened, uh, they they understood what we were doing. If you owe me seventy thousand dollars, chef, I don't need that right now. We'll. we'll We'll work out a payment plan for that on the other side. We just got to make sure we've got cash flow to keep this thing going. And so it was difficult, Brandon. I, I, probably some of, the, you know, I, it's probably some of the the more difficult times that that we've ever had. Um, and, and then you compound that with your own emotions of laying off, you know, five hundred people. Yeah, I've never been part of that. I, I've I've always said, uh, even when I fired people when I was mad throughout my career, I never felt good about it at the end of the day because I knew that affected somebody's family. And I guess if you if you start enjoying firing somebody, you're, you need to do something different anyway. So I think that goes for most people. Uh, but at the time, you know, in the emotions thing, someone, you let someone go, you know, might felt good for a second, but later on in the day, you go, my goodness, he has to go home and tell his family or go home and tell his landlord or his mortgage holder he no longer has a job. So it's just never anything pleasant about that but boy it takes it to a whole nother level when you got 500 people have been doing their job part of a growing exciting company nothing that they did to cause them other than to survive to see the other side we've got to let you go home for a while and it's uh, it's been an emotional tough time uh, one of the you know first people i hired uh, or that i had to let go was my own daughter and um that was tough but you know i, I don't want to pretend or even insult anyone that our journey's been tougher than anybody else's because this industry's bleeding and everyone out here's got the same story that's in that that's in in our industry every single one of them thanks for listening to this best of episode we will see you back here on thursday for an all-new best of nashville restaurant radio hope you guys are being safe love you guys bye